Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Tebavadli. We have a really special episode for you today. I want to tell a little story about how we got to this point. About two months ago, Christy brought in something from the white light called quantum life theory. And it was a way to explain all these spiritual concepts in a science-y way with quantum physics and biology and psychology and how to adjust your life to live the life that you intended to live, which is interesting because this is all the things that Joshua talks about, but they're explaining it in a new way. We did some collaboration with Joshua the White Light. I typed out about 90 pages of it. It got very elaborate. And then about three or four weeks ago, we had our first quantum life theory event here at the Joshua house. But there was a lot of stuff that after we had our event, I was trying to piece together exactly what's happening here. And so I got together with the white light for this conversation and with some of the people who are in the boot camp and the uh, basic training course. And I asked some more information. There is something in quantum life theory called the blueprint. It is a roadmap to discovering your soul's purpose. It is fascinating. And we started creating this channeled questionnaire. It's a nine-page questionnaire. It goes into every detail of your life. And from that, you can understand why you've adopted the identity that you have, why you have a belief system that you have, why you have the desires and ideals that you are fixated upon. And from that, we can determine what your true life experience is, what preventing you from moving in that direction, and all these things. It's gone to a whole nother level. We've sent out this questionnaire to 10 people, some people we knew, some people we've never met before. And in each one, you can absolutely identify the specific thing that they've come to experience. You can see how everyone starts experiencing that aspect of life from the negative or from the lack, from the dark side. We create a vision of what we want our life to be that seems like um, fill in the blanks of those things we think are missing, but it actually doesn't. In fact, it's a lot different than that, and we've found out exactly how to do it. So it's very interesting. It's going to be game-changing. And in this episode, The White Light explains the nuances of QLT. If you would like to take this questionnaire, it's nine pages. It's pretty exhaustive. It takes about an hour to do. And from it, we are able to really identify so many things that are going on in your life that you can't see. I did it myself. I could totally see how if I had this 10 years ago, and if I was able to understand what's really going on here, I'd be able to make you know, big shifts in the way I was operating and save a whole lot of time. When we've shown this to people who have filled it out, they say, oh my God, it's so obvious now. And then we create a blueprint or a action plan that will help them move in that direction. If you want to fill it out and send it back to me, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and you'll be one of the first to ever try it. We're having the next Quantum Life Theory weekend here at the Joshua House on the 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st of July. We have two spots available. If you would like to participate in that, just let me know, send me an email, and I'll let you know all the details. Thanks again for everything that you do to support us by liking and subscribing and leaving comments and reviews and uh, sharing this with your friends. We really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's hear from the white light. We are immensely pleased to be with you on this perfect day. 
at this perfect time in your physical reality experience. We honor the beings of love and light that you all are. We are happy to discuss any topic that you find interests you most in this moment. Where would you like to begin? A few weeks ago, you brought us to a new program that's based in science called Quantum Life Theory. And we wanted to dive deeper into that. We had our first event last weekend and it brought up a lot of interesting information. We started to get things in a new way. And it's really interesting how the science of this ties in perfectly to your teachings and Joshua's teachings. We wanted to ask you to describe quantum life theory and what was the purpose of bringing it to us? The purpose of bringing quantum life theory through Christy to you was simply for you and for Christy, for you to learn something new being together and understanding the concepts in the same way that you have in going through a similar spiritual journey, a spiritual path, you were beginning to just simply discuss the same, the same, and you would get a new idea and discuss it in the same way and practice it in the same way. And this idea of learning something in a way of your science, in beginning to understand that your science and the spirituality are one in the same. There is no difference there. To give the two of you a new way to learn and then a new way to teach. Of course, we will always say that there are more than one answer, always exists one answer and many answers to every question that is asked. And there are many on your planet requesting such information in a way. There are others teaching this in similar ways. We simply brought it through Christy in a way that she could understand, a way that she would be excited about it, and then you would be excited about it, and that you would then bring it forward to those that were asking for something such as this. It is simply a way to understand what is going on in your physical reality, the mechanisms of it, and to learn to use those mechanisms without perhaps using those things that you and Christy call the woo-woo things, these ideas of inner self and past lives and spirit to explain what is going on in a way that is more acceptable to those in academia, to those that do not accept spiritual principles in such a way. One of the interesting things about this weekend is that as we got to the end of it, we started discussing what we thought the blueprint was all about. And from our perspective, it was a way to sort of map out a future where you could really get an idea of where you came from in your life trajectory, where you are now, and then where you could go, maybe in following a passion or living this new approach to life that would lead to what you really want. As we jumped into it with a few people who stayed over the next day, we sort of realized that each of their trajectories 
was leading him on a path to an ideal or was created from this identity that was formed in youth. And from their perspective, they were lacking something or something was not quite right about their life or the, or themselves. And they formed this ideal, which then took them on a course that would lead to a lot of effort and struggle and trying to change the conditions in themselves. We sort of realized that that ideal was essentially the opposite or not really related to their soul's purpose or to what they really want. Can you describe or talk about this idea of tracking a trajectory of someone's life to understand that when they're living from the outside in, it seems like the ideal will make them feel something, but when they start living from the inside out, they might be headed towards what they really want. This concept of the blueprint is simply another tool for you to use to guide one another, to understand, to experience this physical reality, this life you have created in more joy. But if you think about what you just said, that most of you are living your lives from the outside in. And then in direct opposition to that is to live from the inside out. Then it could lead you to believe that perhaps what you truly want, the trajectory of life that will bring you the most joy and the most satisfaction and be the closest to experiencing the ecstasy of living your purpose. That that could perhaps be the opposite of what many of you are doing, what you are experiencing and what you believe you want. This is why we say that on the other side of your fear is what you truly want. Now, you adopt these ideas of what you believe you want in many ways. As you come into physical reality, you bring with you your intentions, of course, but you adopt these limiting beliefs that are part of this, this idea that there are ways that you cannot be, do, and have what you believe you want. And this is all part of this design, this fear that is a part of this dream of separation that you experience. And another part of this is the ego that is designed to keep you in this physical reality. And then you have an identity. And this identity is built over time with, of course, experiences that you have with trying things on and seeing that it works to get you what it is you believe you want in that moment. You observe the behavior of those around you. You observe the behavior of those in your media. 
in your religions, in your politics. And as a child, as you are growing, you observe these things and you think, this looks good. This looks like a way to get what I want. This looks like a way to be happy. This one looks happy. This one is respected by others. This one is loved by others. And you begin to adopt elements of all of these things. By the time you are quite young, you have formed this identity, this brick wall, as we explained it to Christy, this wall of who she believes herself to be, this wall of who you all believe yourselves to be. And on this wall are written many adjectives, many descriptive words, many nouns, and nouns with then subjective words, such as good, such as intelligent. These words that are a bit of a moving target. And you then create through this identity an ideal outcome for every next moment that you believe you would like to live. And within this identity are many things that you cannot achieve because there is no point to call, I am here. This is where I am. I am now this. So you are always trying to achieve this. And within this identity are things that greatly limit you. There are things, of course, that you enjoy, that you love. And you find these, and yet there are those things that because of what you believe you love and like about yourself, the things that you are proud of, the things that you want to achieve because of this identity, these things now limit you. They limit you from hearing your inspiration. They limit you from trying new things because someone with this identity would not do this, or someone with this identity would be good at this right out of the box. So I cannot try it. If I am not good at it, then it attacks and chips away at this identity. And then you begin to live your entire life listening to what the identity tells you you want. What this identity says is the right path for you within the guardrails of this. There is no room for what you truly want to be loud and clear. It is there. It is always pulling you. And as you hear inspiration and act on this inspiration, you are moving to it as you process your manifestation events, you are moving toward this. But the identity will keep you moving in just a slightly different direction. And in many cases, the opposite direction. The blueprint is simply there with questions that are coming to Gary and to Christy about how to formulate 
what this idea is, these ideals, this identity that someone has built around themselves, and then to look at this and track what this identity, where it has taken them, what trajectory it has put them on, and then begin to understand what the fears are. What is this greatest fear? And why does it exist? Why is it being felt? And why is it controlling this one's life without their knowledge of it? And then within this, begin to map with much lightness and fun some ideas and experiences for this one to begin to have to slowly overcome this fear or these fears and see what is on the other side of those. This is all that it is. We have the concept of the hero's journey where the hero finds himself in their little village and there's some issue, there's some dragon and the hero steps forth and has these experiences along the way and finally gets up the courage to slay the dragon. And it seems like this is an allegory for exactly what we're talking about, that everyone has their greatest fear and to invert from this life of living from the outside into the inside out, they must come to some challenge of that fear. And of course it's, it could be done a lot lighter than actually having to slay a dragon. Yes, of course. It is always much bigger in your mind. It is always much bigger, darker, much more fierce than it truly is. Your fears are nothing compared to who and what you are. They are nothing. They are simply love. They are simply information. They are information that is covered up because you do not know it. And once you know the information, the fear disappears. Once you have the experience, then you have the information. You are powerful. They are nothing compared to who you are. And this is what you can discover when your friends, your teachers begin to map this out for you and give you ideas and suggestions for things to try and things to do so that you have an experience little by little of overcoming these fears that you are unaware that you have. They are blocking you from hearing inspiration. You are hiding, in a sense, behind a brick wall. And this blueprint is designed to help you take the bricks down one by one, and then rebuild something else, something that is much more. We had been working on QLT for a few weeks and getting ready for the first event, which was going to happen on a Friday. And on Thursday, we got this word, Christy got this word, amphitohedron. I'd like to know what, what, how you would describe that, how that's relevant, and why it was given to us the day before. The word is amplitohedron, and it is a geometrical shape. It was given to Christy in her asking. 
she was going over something that she wanted to express to those that would be coming to the weekend that you were hosting. And in this preparation, she asked of us if there were other theories in quantum physics, other things that were beginning to be discovered and studied by your scientists. And we simply gave them to her. She accessed this and the words were given to her that were string theory. This was something she understood. She believed she knew what it was from some television show that she had watched. And then she was given the word super symmetrical. And she thought that was funny, anything with the word super in front of it. And then she just kept scribbling until she scribbled the word amplithahedron. And in it, we explained that your scientists have discovered this shape and they have discovered it many, many, many times over. And they believe, are beginning to understand that this exists in a realm of mathematics. We explained this further to Christy and she became very excited about this idea that in looking at this structure and the many of them, there has also perhaps, perhaps been discovered a superstructure within all of these. And this superstructure is made of light, they believe. We have begun to play with Christy on the idea of the relationship of light and sound and what this is. So this was interesting to her. And that this exists in this dimension that is unlike what you know as dimensional reality. This dimension that is purely mathematical. It is purely information. Language, information, sound, information, light, information. It is all information. As we talked with her about this, we explained to her that the scientists are believing that perhaps this is the center, this timeless and changeless, eternal one, the one mind. We played with her a bit on this idea that what if source energy was simply information? And that felt cold and unfeeling to her until she began to understand that we explain that we are information for her and we feel loving and kind and she can feel the emotion and that information and in her mind, mathematics is perfect. It is always perfect. In that perfection, then perhaps this dimension that is purely mathematics could be very interesting. And this is all. It was an answer to a question about other theories that exist on your planet, other things that your scientists have begun to uncover and look into, if you will. And we simply answered that question. The concept that I came up with was the name generator of data and that you would put a piece of data in there and it would spin that out into physical reality, would have an interaction and maybe create some new information 
that would then return back to the non-physical and then go through it again, essentially eternally bringing the new information, putting it into physical reality, coming out again. And I thought the name generator of data was funny. We can certainly agree with your humor here. Generator of data, G-O-D, God. This is quite the interesting concept. I believe you see that this understanding, we think, is something you are beginning to grasp. We can feel within you when you create this concept, G-O-D. And you see it as information, and this information is generated and then absorbed and becomes part of another vibration and is then exits and regenerated and begins to expand information. Information, all that is. We feel within you that you are understanding and getting the idea to play with this concept. Just play with it. This is all you ever need to do. When you have an idea, when you receive some inspiration, you attract some thought, we would say, do not discard it. Do not say this cannot be, but have this moment of observing this idea. We would say, play with the idea. Bring it in. Push it away from you. Look at it. Every truth is a sphere. And with any truth, you will only see one half of it from the highest perspective. Every perspective is its own universe. Do you see this? Are you beginning to understand this? We believe that you are. When we say to you that the universe is inside each of you. We do not joke with you. You are your own universe. Every perspective is its own universe. And within that, then what would the truth be? What do you suppose the truth would be within your own universe? It Every- is whatever you believe it to be. You are that generator. In the image of God, we are all little amphitehedrons. So the idea came that when you were focused on something and you attracted a thought, that thought would mix with the vibration that you exist with, that would personalize it, alter that vibration. You'd have some feeling, some emotion that would then be ejected from you into the quantum field, into the universe, have an interaction, and that would create a manifestation, a manifestation event, an interaction, bring in a new person, or even just a new thought, inspiration, urge, whatever it was. And this is happening essentially billions of times a second without us even knowing it. And this is why to see things from a higher perspective would be to generate a more powerful emotion, not even consciously, but when you're looking at things from the higher perspective, you'll generally look at things as good and right and emit a higher vibrational emotion and attract back 
a reality that you would prefer. This is true. We have explained this concept in a number of ways, but we will say that since you all understand that you attract your thought from whatever vibration you are emitting, whatever vibration you are holding, whatever your set point is in the moment, you then attract a thought. This thought has a frequency. It is a thought form. That is all that it is. And you attract this and you very quickly process this in your brain and personalize it. You use your ego and your identity and you process this thought to become thoughts of your things, your experiences, your loved ones. In that moment, this thought then merges with the vibration that is your set point. The frequency of the thought and the frequency that is you become a greater one. And within that, you generate an emotion. This is powerful. The frequency of this emotion combines with the frequency of the thought and the frequency that is you. The frequency of the emotion sends it out into this quantum field. And there it is matched. It is responded to and reflected back to you. This idea of creating with emotion, we have explained, is something that is a bit new. It is something that is challenging. You are great, brave explorers. And you are given this arrow of time, this experience of linear time, to adjust, to adjust your feeling, to adjust your perspective, to adjust your vibration. And as you do, you change what you will experience. You change how it will be for you by changing your perspective. Do you understand? I think we do. It seems like before we had this information, certainly when I was a kid, coming into this reality with the illusion of separation and interacting with those who were here longer, parents, teachers, they would try and keep you safe because they were filtering everything through fear. And then what you're feeling a lot of is negative emotion or what we call negative emotion and sending that out. And it almost seems like there is a dissension before there's an ascension. This I understand is an experiment and no one would really know what's happening, but the proof of it is that some of us are coming here to this higher perspective and looking at it a different way and actually adjusting the way we perceive our reality intentionally and then generating the unimaginable from that. But it does seem like a pretty risky experiment. There is no risk in physical reality. You are eternal. 
you cannot die. You are limitless. Again, you are eternal. There is no risk. This is a game. It is a game of self-discovery. It is a game to see what you can do, what you can be. It is a game of experience, to experience smell, to experience taste, to experience the touch of someone you love, to see a child smile, to hear them laugh, to see the beautiful colors in the birds and the animals. There is no risk. It is just experience. It is not an experiment that is risky. It is exciting. Now, from your perspective, we understand that there are times where this matrix of three-dimensional reality is painful, is difficult, challenging, overwhelming. And at many times, you just simply want a way out or at minimum, a way to feel better. And this is still part of the design. It is short from our perspective. It is a blink. You, as your consciousness, are experiencing it moment by moment by moment in linear time. And it feels long to you, but it is not. It is a flash. It is not risky. It is exciting. There is no one toying with you. There is no one playing with your lives. Nothing is being held back from you. Nothing is being hidden from you. You all wished to do this in this way. We are here to guide, to offer, to love, to support, to answer anything that you ask of us. But you all wished to do this in the way that you are doing it, finding and discovering and learning feeling blinded, but moving forward anyway, feeling lost, and you knew that you would. You knew you would forget, and you wanted to do it. It is not risky. It is magnificent. Excellent. Would anyone like to ask a question? I, have oh, a I would. Question. It's Rob here. Rob, go ahead. Um, recently, why well, like you talked about the structure of DNA and the structure of language, which was fascinating. And you talked about so-called junk DNA and activating that with language. And you also talked about the earth vibrating at 7.83 hertz. 
So, so I'd like to know more about structure of language and the structure of DNA activating junk DNA and whether that 7.83 hertz or sound and vibration have anything to do with DNA. In your reality, Rob, we believe you are understanding that everything has something to do with everything. Yes, it is all connected. We have been discussing with Christy this idea of the relationship between light and sound. And you all are aware that everything is light. You say this, this is in many of your books, this is in much of your understanding. And yet, what is the relationship of sound to light? What is this? We spoke with Christy and the idea of the first words that are read in your Bible that say, and God said, let there be light. She thought about this and she said, wait, that means that sound was before light, but everything is light. And what is this? And what is this relationship of frequency and light and our DNA? Sound and light are simply the same, just different frequencies of the same thing. This understanding that what has created your planet is that what is spoken, what is frequency. Sound is simply light frequency within an audible range. Your DNA is your blueprint. It is everything that you are within every cell of your body. It is frequency. This junk DNA that your scientists do not know what it does, it is so much that from your perspective, you could not understand it at this point, but it includes the abilities that you have brought with you. It also includes your purpose. Your soul's purpose is within this DNA, this blueprint for you. And it is living DNA. Everything is light. Everything is frequency. Everything is energy. Your world was spoken into existence. It was a frequency. It was a moment of power, of sound, of light, of frequency. Your DNA is simply that which can be spoken to and activated. There are power words that in your ancient traditions have been hidden, are known now, but were not spoken. 
There is much power in your words. When you create a frequency within your body, when you match the frequency of the earth, when you allow that frequency to move throughout your body, there are parts of this DNA that will respond. Your DNA is coding that uses the exact syntax that your languages use. It is made to be spoken to. You awaken your DNA with words, with your own, with those that come from another. And there are frequencies up and down the scale that will balance your body, will activate your DNA to allow you to experience something new, to become something more. You are limitless, and the blueprint of this limitlessness is within your DNA. Do you understand this, Rob? Do you have more? Uh, I do understand that. No, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. That's wonderful. Is that I am statement one of those power words? The I am is a power word. This I and the am separately are quite powerful. Together, even more so. The one and the one make a greater one. How necessary is it to carefully choose your words? We've been sort of haphazard about that. We would say to you that it is important in that anything that you experience is important to you. In the moment that you speak a word, it has an impact not only on you, but on the world. You are one. You are entangled with everyone else. There are words of power, the Om and the Ah, the Allah. These are words of change. They are sounds of creation. Your swear words, if you will, also hold a vibration and cause a frequency to move through your body and into the earth and around your planet, all of it. It is most important that you speak with sounds and words that resonate with you, that express you in the moment, express truly what you are thinking and feeling. Even if that is not what 
your identity would believe is ideal. Expressing your fear in a moment is also important. It is not having a negative impact on the planet. It is not having a negative impact on you to express this. It is when you begin to use words, to use sound in an unconscious way, that it has an effect on you that we believe you would not desire. And you would discover this. But to be conscious, to feel the frequency of the sound as it moves through your body, to sit in meditation and allow yourself to create the sound, to generate it as if you are an instrument, to feel the vibration of that within you. It is as unique as you are. As you do this, you will begin to feel the power in it. You can feel the activation of this DNA. You can feel it. This is what is important. It is the conscious use of the sound, the understanding that it has power and it has emotion behind it, and it is creating a vibration. You do this to create a resonance, a resonance between the mind and the heart and the body and the planet to resonate together as one is a beautiful symphony. And this is moving through life along this river of sound with this beautiful symphony. This is what you all are. Each and every one of you is a symphony. And the resonance that you feel with the sound begins to physically express that with your conscious mind. This is where it becomes important. Excellent. We had a fun thing that we did on the Friday night of the weekend where we had everyone come up and introduce themselves. And we asked Susan to prepare something spectacular to go as big as she could go about herself, even to make things up, to use it as a illustration of how one could introduce themselves to a new group and how most people normally do it. What did you think of that? We watched that with great amusement and we could feel Susan's discomfort in feeling that she was making something up and that she was conceited and here she was at this wonderful event with people she wanted to connect with and they would all think she was an ass. This of course was not true. What she did was explain herself, describe herself as a drop of water into an ocean that she is. 
her perspective is quite high, but still, compared to who and what she is, she did not scratch the surface. And in barely scratching the surface, the discomfort that she felt was palpable, was palpable to Christy and to very few that perhaps knew her well in that room could understand that this was a game. This is what you are all doing. You barely scratch the surface on the magnificent, brilliant power that you all are. You barely scratch the surface, and yet you say, who am I to scratch the surface? This is too much. No one will like me. I am not capable of this. This is not possible for me. I could not be the one. How could I be the one? But you are all the one. And you are all everything. And nothing. And everything in between. Susan practiced and felt more comfortable as she began to speak those words that she had practiced for several days. And yet still, as we say these words to her, we can feel in her vibration that she does not quite believe that what she spoke was simply scratching the surface of who and what she is. This is part of the game. It has become apparent to me that that statement, who am I too, is emergent from this identity, which is limiting that, that you have just illustrated how limiting it is. Just scratching the surface, talking about yourself in the most elevated possible way you can is just scratching the surface. But the who am I too is the identity trying to hold on to itself for some purpose. And to really get to this idea of understanding your soul's purpose, it seems to me you'll have to come to some terms with who am I too. Is that not essentially the game that you are all playing? The who am I? There is a point to this identity. It would appear that the identity is a block for you, but it is a path to understand what you are most afraid of, to understand that which you would not try, you would not do, is to begin to understand what you truly want. This identity has a purpose. It leads you to this. What we learned about the amphitohedron is that from that, everything is emergent. The universe is emergent from that. Quantum physics is emergent from that. The 
term emergent and that you could say that an identity would be emergent from the intentions, the DNA, the setup of one's early life and change any of those inputs, the DNA, the location, the parents, you would have a completely different identity. So when you can look at it from those terms, that that identity is not you. It's just an emergent property of intentions and how you chose to come here. Then that might allow one to begin to think about it differently and dismantle it and actually adjust it in their favor. To begin to look at this identity, it can be an overwhelming idea. Because you cannot truly see your own identity. We would suggest that you simply ask in your meditation, in your contemplation, that you say, hmm, I am not aware of all of my identity, but I am willing to take a look. I'm willing to see how perhaps this is limiting me. And when you say this and you just relax and allow it to be slowly revealed, you do not have to search for it. And when you find these little parts of your identity, as we have worked with Christy, one brick at a time, you find it and you simply observe it. There's no need to react. This is something that has become a habit for everyone in physical reality, and this is to react to everything. Just relax and observe what you see. Observe the message. Observe this part of your identity. And then carry it around with you in a way as you observe it to see how it plays with you, how it makes you Do this that you do not want to do. And how it causes you to shy. No, I cannot do this. Because you want to, but it would not fit with this identity that you have. And just simply begin to notice it. And notice how it limits you and how it puts you in a bit of a cage causes you to take action that you are not inspired to take and then causes you to, in that, see others as not sovereign, to see that others need you to use this identity because without you as this identity, what would become of them? You start to unravel this just one little brick at a time, you will see that you do not lose it. The things about it that you enjoy, it is all part of you. You can never lose it. But you can move it aside, take it down, and allow more to come. Allow yourself to embrace all of who and what you are. 
And to do this, you must experience new things. You must try something new. You must turn left where you usually turn right. You must use your right hand when you usually use your left. You must say hello when you usually hide in a corner. You must take a dance class when you usually play football. You must try new things. They don't have to be huge things, just something small so that you can get more information. And with that more information, your fears become less and less and less. And suddenly, you are experiencing what it is like to live a passion, to live a purpose. And you don't even know how you got there. That was exactly what I was going to ask. Is this part of QLT, which is the passion part. Most people don't really know what their passion is because their passion might be in opposition to how they see themselves. So they don't let themselves go there. And Mm -hmm. you just explained that perfectly. Before we leave, we have time for one question. Who would like to ask the question? I'll ask. Porter. Hi. Um, So coming back to the sound thing, I read in a really interesting book about how there's certain sounds that throughout cultures, such as the sound ma or m for, for mother, just seems to emerge regardless of migration patterns or stuff like that. It's just this like in our consciousness, I guess. So I'm wondering, do certain sounds, do we receive certain sounds because they have a specific effect or what is the reason that there's this universality in certain sounds? Yes, sound and frequency has an effect. As a frequency moves, the effect of that frequency moves with it. The ah sound is that of creation. Ah, God, Allah, Ma, these are all the same sound. They are creation. There is the OM sound. Every sound has an effect. As you play with this and feel yourself using the sounds, as you, Porter, do beautifully through your body, using it as an instrument and beginning to teach others to do the same, you can see physically see the effect of each sound. And it is in all of the cultures, ancient and throughout your history, that the same sounds are used over and over and over. They are words and sounds of power. And they have an effect. It is a fun game to play, to go through the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. Yes, the octave on a piano. 
to understand that the angle of that, the sum angle of that octave, if you were to draw a triangle, is 720 degrees. This is nine. This nine is also an important number in this language. It is all language. It is all frequency. It is sound and light. It works together and every single frequency and every sound has an effect. And as you play, you will feel it in your body. You will find the ones that resonate. This word, resonate, to be in unison with, to be synchronized with, to resonate with. You will find the sounds that you resonate with, and that will change as you change. You will feel what the body needs, what it is wanting to do, and what you are wanting to create. And you can do it with sound, with your voice, with frequency. Yes? Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing that with us today. We really appreciate all your wisdom. Thank you. We know you and we love you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I am fascinated when I have these channeling sessions with the white light. I have them all the time. I have a little bit of access that other people don't have. We have done many, many recordings and have hours and hours and hours of conversation from my perspective, asking questions. I don't get to ask questions. So when Christy started channeling the white light, it was like, you know, Christmas day for me. And so (laughs) we've been up all night many times in channeling sessions. We're going to start a new podcast, and this has really been inspired as a result of what I've learned about myself in quantum life theory. One of the things that had me operating inauthentically or in opposite of who I truly am was my desire not to be weird. I know that sounds strange. Maybe you have that as well, but the way I grew up and we moved around a lot, I was born in South Africa. That's weird enough when you go to school, right? I have a weird middle name. I was older than everyone. I was held back because we traveled a lot so so much. So I didn't want to tell anyone my birthday or my my actual age. There were very, very many things that I wanted to keep quiet. And because we were moving around, I never went to the same school for more than one year. So every time we went to a new school, I wanted to fit in as quickly as possible. And to do that, you can't be weird. Well, it turns out I'm pretty weird because here I am a channel. And when I became a channel, I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. But even when I'm being a channel, I didn't really subscribe to any of these woo-woo ideas in the spiritual community, nor did Christy. But since she's come out as this really powerful psychic and all the things that we've experienced in the last year, plus all the medium sessions she's done, we are realizing that basically everything is true. Every wild idea is absolutely accurate. So we're going to start a new podcast called The Unimaginable Life. And it's going to be the most woo-woo podcast in the world. We're going to talk about all different spiritual subjects. I think that you'll find that a lot of fun. We'll also talk about all of our unimaginable experiences, which tend to be a very popular topic at cocktail parties. 
So if you are interested in being super woo-woo, then please join us. I'll give you further details as we go along. If you are interested in trying out that QLT questionnaire that we just finished, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. I'll send you a copy. You can fill it out and send it back if you like. I might show you something there. Also, we have the next basic training coming up in about two and a half weeks. We're putting that together. It doesn't matter where you live, anywhere in the world. We do it on Zoom. It is priced so that it fits everyone's budget and it fits everyone's time. This was specifically designed for this reason. Send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and I'll send you all the information. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next time. Bye.